Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 2nd, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. And as we're going through these parables, we're learning things that apply to our own lives. We're, right now, we're studying the parable of the barren fig tree. And we've been looking at this for over a week. And as we're getting into it, and we're put, peeling it back, like we're, we're, there's layers and layers of revelation in the Word of God. And as we peel back the layers, the Word of God keeps teaching us stuff about us. Put in the chat, I check my own heart. Today, we're going to learn about checking our own heart. Today, we're going to learn some things about introspection, about not being distracted by the lives of other people. Uh, so this is the title of the message, Pearls from the Parables, Part 69. So we've been studying parables for a while. And the title is, Why Many Christians Miss the Point. So put in the chat, I will not miss the point. Put in the chat, I will remain focused. There, there are reasons why many Christians miss the point. And a lot of times it's because they're focused on somebody else instead of checking their own heart. We're going to learn some things this morning about us. So say this out loud. I check my own heart. Get ready to receive. So let's get into it this morning. And so uh, this message today is going to help people to not get distracted by looking constantly at the lives of other people. And so we're going to deal with that. We're going to check our own heart. All right. Before we do this, the scripture we've been looking at all year, Psalms 126 and verse four, the Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. So at our church, we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And so what we want to do is be open to the refreshing nature of God's word. So if there's any area of our life that dried up a little bit, this is our season to be drenched again. Say amen to that. So we've been looking at Luke chapter 13, verses six through nine. This morning, I was led to do something a little bit different. So this morning, I was led to go back to verses one through five. I didn't do that when I started uh, the, the series, you know, on Luke chapter 13, verses six through nine. So today I'm going to read for you verses one through five, which help us get a better context of verses six through nine. You ready? So this is what verses one through five say before we get into six through nine, Ver beginning at verse one, Luke chapter 13. Some people there with Jesus at the time told him about what had happened to some worshipers in Galilee. Pilate, had these people killed. So their blood was mixed with the blood of animals that they had brought for sacrificing. It was, it was a massacre. It was ugly. Jesus answered, do you think that this happened because they were more sinful than all the other people in Galilee? Because that was the connotation. No, Jesus says they were not. But if you don't decide now to change your own life, you will be destroyed just like these people. And what about those 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were more sinful than anyone else in Jerusalem? No, they were not. But I tell you that if you don't decide to change your own lives, you will be destroyed too. Then he said this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard, and he came seeking fruit thereon and found none. 
Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, look, for three years I've come and I've been looking for fruit and I don't find any fruit, so cut it down. It's using up the ground. But he answered and said to him, sir, let me work on it. Let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. If it bears fruit, then well. But if not, then after that, you can cut it down. So let me give you the context for the parable that we've been studying. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus had a conversation with some Israelites, some, some Jews. These were the people that he was called to minister to. And they were talking to him about a group of worshipers that were killed at the temple by Pilate. And the connotation was that these people were killed because obviously they had done something wrong. And so Jesus said, do you think that this happened because they were more sinful than all the other people in Galilee? Think about it. So you're basically saying that, oh, you know, they, they did something wrong. Therefore, that came upon them. Jesus said, no, they were not. But if you don't decide to change your own lives, the King James Version says, repent. If you don't repent, then this is going to happen to you, right? You're going to be destroyed. He says, and then what about, what about, what about the other people? Those, those 18 people, you, you heard it on the news, right? Those 18 people who died when the tower fell on them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, people were talking and people said, surely they had sin in their lives. Surely that happened because oh, that must've happened because of sin. Like Job's friends did the same thing to him. All of this stuff must've happened to you because of sin. Like yeah, surely they had sin in their lives. So yeah, they must've been sinful more sinful than anyone else in Jerusalem. That's why it fell upon them. Jesus said, no, they were not. But I tell you the truth. If you don't change your own heart, if you stop worrying about other people, if you don't stop worrying about other people, check your own heart. Listen, you're going to be destroyed too. You need to repent. And then he told the story of the parable of the barren fig tree. So what does this mean for you today? I'm dealing with the fact that many Christians missed the point because they're focused on the lives of other people. So put this in the chat. Say, I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on me. What does this mean to you today? I have eight things to share with you on this Monday morning. As we get into this, these eight things, we're going to set the tone for the whole week. You ready? Eight things. Number one, here we go. The people talking to Jesus were focused on the sins of others, and they conveniently overlooked their own sin. You ever met somebody like that, right? They're always focused on other people. But it's almost like you want to offer a purity test that you can't pass. I run into people all the time that are offering these purity tests that they can't pass. They want to come to me and talk to me about somebody else. Brother Pena, can I talk to you? <laughs> yeah. Do you hear what happened to such and such? Can I tell you? I was like, stop. I don't do that gossip stuff, number one. And number two, why are you talking about them? You're not checking your own heart. I mean, are you trying to say that you're perfect? Like, I mean, why are you doing that? Like, you know, you're offering a purity test that you can't pass. It's so easy to look at the sin in someone else's life without acknowledging your own sin. Judgment often blinds us to our own imperfections. This is why you got to be delivered from performance-based religion. Religious people are really good at pointing the fingers at other people. Look at them. Oh, Jesus, we bring you this woman. She was caught in the very act of adultery. And, uh, the, the law says we can have her stoned to death. What sayest thou? You know what I'm saying? Jesus is like, man, slow down, y'all. I mean, my God, why y'all want to do this woman like that? So basically, y'all saying y'all right and she's wrong. Yes, we're, we're righteous and she's not. She was caught in the very act of adultery. She was like, man, <laughs> hold on for a minute. He that is without sin. If y'all want to stone her, fine. 
but let's find somebody that's sinless first. And if you can find somebody here in the crowd with zero sin, then let that person throw the first stone. But if you have sin, then don't pick up a stone. And the Bible says that they started walking away from the oldest to the youngest because the religious people were saying, I'm right and she's wrong. And Jesus is like, no, the gospel is not I'm right, she's wrong. The gospel is all y'all jokers wrong. The gospel is we're all wrong. The only one that was perfect was Jesus. And so it's so easy to point fingers at other people when you're religious. It's so easy to point, what is diverting the attention from your own sin. It's diverting the attention from your own shortcomings. True spiritual growth requires self-awareness and self-examination. So let me tell you something. If you really know God and you get close to God, the closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself. The closer you get to God, the more you're like, woe is me, God. I mean, the more I acknowledge your glory, the more I realize how messed up we are as humans. So if I know that I'm jacked up, how can I look down on someone else? If I, if you ever meet a Christian that's very judgmental, that is evidence that that's a baby Christian. Because if you really know God, you will not be judging other people because you know how messed up you are. Number two, the people talking to Jesus thought that bad things had happened to people because of their sin. So that basically they were insinuating that the people that Pilate killed, they had it coming, right? The people that the tower fell on them, they had it coming. Surely it was because of sin. So basically they were like, they deserved it. This mentality says, well, they deserved it. And I do not because I'm not like them and I'm better than other people and I am righteous and I'm holy and I'm pious. And I, you know, I, I, they had it coming as if you don't have it coming. Like, I mean, like, like, come on now, if God only gave us what we deserve, we would all be men and women most miserable. Say amen to that. Put in the chat. Thank you, Lord, for not just giving me what I deserve. Listen, I, I, I want to be clear about something. God God gives us grace and mercy. Grace is God giving me the good that I do not deserve. Mercy is God withholding the bad that I sure enough earned. Like there's some punishment that I, sh I had coming to me. There's some things I did wrong that God should have punished me. And by the mercy of God, he withheld the punishment. And there's some good that God gave me that I didn't even earn. I wasn't. And so, so, so God gives me grace. That's good stuff that I didn't earn. God gives me mercy. That's him holding back the punishment that I sure enough earned. So I am who I am by the grace and the mercy of God. Stop looking down at other people. Don't act like you're all that because you're not. You are, it is the grace of God. And so when you have this mentality that I am better than other people, if you're religious and you have this mentality that I'm better than other people, you are self-righteous. And when you are self-righteous, you lack compassion. When you're self-righteous, you, you, you're looking down on people that you're supposed to be ministering to. It's hard to minister to somebody when you're looking down on that person. A, a, a self-righteous person sees somebody that's homeless, and instead of you know praying for them or giving them $5, they go, they deserve it. They probably made some dumb decisions, right? That you're at the light, and you see somebody, and the Lord, instead of having compassion and empathy, you're like, well, I wonder what he did to mess up and screw up his own life. That's a self-righteous person. 
A self-righteous person lacks empathy because they think they're looking down on other people without realizing their own issues, without realizing the complexities of life. We don't know why that, that person's in that situation. There's all kinds of things that could have happened. It could have been them, their parents, their grandparents. It could have been all kind. It, it could have been something that somebody else did. We don't know. There's some things that we're not going to understand until we get to heaven. Oh, the tower fell down on these people. Surely it was sin. Listen, bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. There's some things that we will not understand until we get to heaven. Stop trying to think like you know. You don't know. Stop trying to act like you know all the answers. You don't know all the answers. Listen, and so when you religious people think they know and they're looking down on other people and they are self-righteous, say this, say this, put this in the chat. I am not self-righteous. You got to stop looking down on other people. You you are not, you should not be self-righteous. You should just be thankful that you are where you are. My God, thank you, Lord, that that's not me. Thank you, Lord, that it didn't happen to me. Lord, it, it's only by your grace and your mercy that you have spared my family. Lord, I, I thank you for my own children. When this happened to somebody else, oh my God, let's pray for, I, I can't even imagine what that mama's going through. I can't even, Lord, thank you for my own kids. That's what we should be doing. Not, not looking that, oh, surely somebody did something wrong. Come on, man. Stop being religious and stop being self-righteous. Number three, Jesus ignored their attempts at piety. He made it clear. They were trying to basically like dunk it on. He said, no, you need to repent. He said, if if you don't repent, you're going to be destroyed. Jesus did not allow these people to find comfort in pointing fingers at other people. Religious people like to point fingers. Jesus wanted them to consider their own ways. Jesus like, no, I'm not going to let you just sit here pointing fingers at other people. Don't come to me in church talking about somebody else and be like, have you talked to them? Or how about we go talk to them? Oh, no, hold on, hold on. No, don't be, listen, I'm not the gossip person. Like, that's not me. Don't come to me with that stuff. I'm not going to allow you to be comfortable in pointing fingers at other people. You need to check your own heart. Jesus emphasized the urgency of repentance over judgment. Instead of he, he redirected them. You're here, you're coming to me with judgment, and I'm coming to you with repentance. You're coming to me with judgment. You're looking down at other people. I'm coming to you with repentance. You have to repent. Say repent. I know that people don't use that word today. I know that people don't talk about hell. I know that people don't talk about repentance. I know that people don't talk about sin. Listen, oh, Brother Pino, I just come to today's word so you can make me feel better. I'm going to make you feel better by telling you you need to repent. There's some things that you have to repent of so that you can walk with God in the fullness of his grace. A call to repentance. Listen, it's, it's, it's a reminder that God's justice is coming. God is a God of justice and recompense. And that's what this parable teaches us. Number four, Jesus used the parable of the barren fig tree to emphasize the value of the time that we have, the short time on this planet, and an urgency to repent. So so it is in this context that he taught the parable of the barren fig tree. Every moment that we have is an opportunity for us to align with God's will. The barren fig tree symbolizes... First of all, it was Israel. I got it back then. But for us today, it symbolizes missed opportunities and it symbolizes the consequences of inaction. Listen, there comes a time where the father says, cut it down. Just like the fig tree was given time. It was given time to bear fruit. And and, and Jesus, the intercessor says, hold on, daddy. Let me work on them. Let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. Let me do this. Let me do that. After that, if it bears fruit, good. But he said that after that, if it still doesn't bear fruit, cut it down. Listen, just like delayed obedience is disobedience, delayed repentance is a risk. When God is telling you to repent and you refuse to repent, you're running the risk because tomorrow is not promised to anyone. 
You could be here today and gone today. There are people that are raised in church and you talk to them and they go, well, I was raised in church. One day I'm going to get serious about Jesus. But right now, you know, I'm just trying to have some fun. <laughs> okay. Well, tomorrow's not promised to anyone. You could be here today and gone today. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Delaying repentance, you're running a risk. You're running a risk on missing out on what God has called you to do. God calls us to repentance. Say amen to that. Number five, the grace and the patience of God are amazing, but they are limited, especially the patience. God's patience has a limit. Let me explain. Even the grace of God, God gives you grace, grace, grace to do something. But if you keep ignoring him and rejecting him, you're going to waste that grace. You're going to get to heaven to realize that you have many opportunities that you missed out on because you failed to repent. The gardener will say, no, let me work on him one more year. Come on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, hold on, hold on. Let me work on him. Give me some more patience. But there comes a point where God's patience gives way to God's justice. God's love is unconditional. God loves everyone everywhere, but his patience will run out. Listen, he says, I came for three years. Year number one, didn't do no fruit. I didn't say nothing. I came year number two, no fruit. I didn't say nothing. Year number three, no fruit. That's it. Cut it down. Listen, you don't want to be that person. Like, like God is so patient with you. God is so gracious with you. You don't want to test God's patience. You don't want to be that person that keeps, that keeps fighting against what God, the Holy Spirit is telling you know better. If you know better, you ought to do better. The Holy Spirit is telling you what to do, but you keep fighting against the Holy Spirit. You get fighting against the Holy Spirit and you refuse to produce fruit. Listen, at some point, God is going to say, cut it down. Listen, there's some people that have cut their lives short because they fail to make the most of the opportunities that God has given us. So this parable is teaching us that we need to produce fruit, that we need to repent. It also teaches us about God's love and his righteousness, but it tells us about God's justice. God is also a God of justice and recompense. Number six, external appearances can be deceiving. Oh, let me talk about this one real quick. External appearances can be deceiving. The barren fig tree was standing tall in the vineyard, right? It might've looked good, but it didn't have any fruit on it. And because it didn't have any fruit on it, the owner said, cut it down. See, similarly, there are religious people that know how to look the part. If, if, if they, they know how, depending on what church they go to, they either clap on the second and fourth beat or the first and third beat, you know, because there's two types, right? <laughs> but, 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 you know, if I say God is good, they say all the time. If I say all the time, they say God is good, right? They know how to clap right. They know how to sing right. They know how to look right. They know how to dress right. They know how to look the part, but God is looking at the heart. These are people that, that they, if I say uh, faith coming by what? They say hearing. And I say hearing by what? They say the word of God. They know how to answer stuff. They know how to do call and response. They know how to do all of that stuff, but God is checking the heart. God is looking at the heart. They have the outward appearance, but God is, listen, God is going to check your heart. God wants to know, are you really aligned with him or are you just looking the part? 
The fig tree was looking the part, but it wasn't producing the part. And God is looking at the heart. The prophet Samuel almost made this mistake. You remember when the prophet Samuel went to Jesse's house and he was like, I'm here. The, the Holy Ghost told me to come here. I have a horn of oil and I'm supposed to anoint one of your sons to be the next king of Israel. They line up the boys and, and the prophet Samuel was a man of God and he still made this mistake. He looked at him and said, man, this boy look good. Surely there's got to be the one. And, and, and the Holy Ghost said, no. You're looking at the outward appearance. I check the heart. There's some people that know how to dress the part, how to look the part, how to sing the part. They go to church Sunday after Sunday. They're even in Bible study Wednesday night after Wednesday night. But if your heart is not right, the Lord says, repent and come unto me. You, you have to have an authentic relationship with God. Stop getting distracted by looking at other people. Stop worrying about what other people are doing. Get off the phone, gossiping, telling everybody about everybody. When somebody calls me and wants to tell me about somebody else, first of all, I stop it. Second of all, I know those people talk about me too. Because if you're on the phone talking to me, to me about somebody else, obviously you're going to get on the phone talking to somebody else about me. And so that tells me something about you. You got flawed character. Listen, God is checking your heart. God wants you to produce fruit and he wants your fruit to remain. Say amen to that. Number seven, I only have eight points for today. Number seven, God desires genuine transformation not just temporary change. The gardener was like, hold on, let me dig around it and let me fertilize it because I don't want this thing to just produce a little bit of fruit and then just produce fruit for one season. No, I want this to be a tree that's gonna bear fruit for the rest of its life. Listen, God is looking for you to repent so that you can be the man or the woman that he called you to be so that you can produce fruit every day of your life. God is not just looking for short bursts of faith. God is not looking. I can't tell you how many times I see somebody and they get a word on Sunday. I preach something and they be like, oh my God, brother Pena, you was all up in my house. You was in, like you had a camera in my house, man of God. Oh, you was all up in my Kool-Aid. Oh my God, that word was good. And you see them like two weeks later, you're like, hey, how's this going? And they're right back. Like, I mean, they had a short burst of faith. Listen, you, God is not looking for that. God is looking for true change. God is looking for true transformation. God was looking for this true to produce fruit and for the fruit to remain. Say amen to that. And number eight, last point for today. You better stay locked into your assignment and not theirs. Put that in the chat. I will stay locked into my assignment and not theirs. Listen, you got enough stuff to do for you to be worrying about the lives of other people. I know that this is a fast paced world. It's so easy to get sidetracked. Like if you're trying to run a race, let's say that you got to run your race with your grace at your pace. If you're running a race and somebody's alongside of you, if you're trying to run looking sideways, you're going to run around and run into something. Like you got to run your own race. You can't, you can't be distracted by the lives of other people. You can appreciate others. You can celebrate others, but you're not there to be worrying about others. Uh, 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 Brother Pena, you're not there, listen, to, to have to like inspect the lives of other people. But then people say, oh, oh Brother Pena, I'm not judging I can't stand when people say this, what I'm about to say. Brother Pena, I'm not judging. All right, what are you doing? I'm just a fruit inspector. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruit. So Brother Pena, I'm just a fruit inspector. I'm inspecting fruit. <laughs> well, why don't you inspect your own heart and, and, get, and get before God and repent for yourself? Like, you know, God, God didn't give you, give you a license to go out here and be a fruit inspector. Listen, I know it's so tempting. To, to, to be to live your life focused on other people, especially, let's just be honest. Some people like to gossip. 
Some people in church just like to gossip. Some people just like to live in the lives of other people. You know what I'm saying? They're just messy like that. You can be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and messy. And so stop being messy. Put that in the chat. Say, stop being messy. You need to stop being messy. Don't be that messy Christian. Like you get, get out of the lives of other people. You're not a fruit inspector. Check your own heart. From now on, you need to celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings without jealousy. You need to check your own heart so that you don't stumble along your own path. Stop wasting time Focus on other people when you have so much stuff to do yourself. And so you got to run with patience the race that has been set before you. Because at the end of the day, when you stand before God, God is not going to ask you about them. When you stand before God, God is going to want to know about you. What have you done? Did you make the most of the opportunities, son, that I gave you? Did you make the most of the opportunities, daughter, that I gave you? Yeah, yeah, but hold on, God. Let me say, but you know, it's because, no, no, no. I don't want to know about her. I'll deal with her later. I don't want to know about him. I'll deal with him later. Right now, it's just me and you. You, I need you to talk to, about you. Like you should have been focused on you, not on the lives of other people and the church said amen. Say amen to that. You need to be fixed and focused on your own assignment. Everything else is just noise. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Well, I'm preaching better than, than you saying amen. Somebody said, yeah, you better stop being messy. That's right. Stop being messy. Don't be that messy Christian. All right. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Speak this over your life and, and, and by faith, right? From a believing heart. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that I prioritize self-awareness over judgment. I seek to correct my own imperfections and not the lives of others. I reject a mindset that looks down on other people. I embrace the urgency to repent. I focus on my own spiritual growth rather than pointing fingers at others. Every moment I have is a gift from you. So I choose obedience and transformation. I'm grateful for your grace. I commit myself to bear fruit. I walk in repentance and righteousness. And I seek a genuine relationship with you that's beyond the external. I'm locked into my divine assignment. I avoid distractions and comparisons and I focus my, my focus on my purpose. So living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name, man. This is a good word. Amen. Listen, if you're not getting these messages, my notes, you get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. This is a message that we need to hear. Like, I mean, I know, I know people don't talk about repentance today. We need to talk about it because it's in the word and we need to repent and we need to align with God and stop pointing fingers at other people. Don't be that religious person that says I'm right. They're wrong. No, we're all wrong. That's the grace of God. All right. So I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. Have an amazing day. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do it right now. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.
If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.